Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're looking at Obadiah and his message of hope for those ravaged by war. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Like the uh, mug that I have today, those of you that are listening just have to trust me on this. It's my God designed me, created me, blesses me, heals me, defends me, forgives me, loves me mug. That's a lot to say on a mug. But you know, I like it when there's a lot to say on a mug because that means it's a big mug that holds a lot of coffee. So just wanted you to see that today. We are continuing uh, our short study of the book of Obadiah. Uh, Obadiah, just one of those books in the Bible that you don't hear uh, too often, and yet so important for us to hear the whole counsel of God. Uh, Obadiah is only one of three books in the Old Testament in which God led somebody to prophesy against another country exclusively. That's not to say that Isaiah or Jeremiah or others did not prophesy against other nations within the scope of their book, uh, but to say that the entire book was dedicated to the prophecy against a, a nation other than Israel is saying something. And what, what it tells me is that the Lord knows who belongs to him and God defends his own. And sometimes we think, boy, this is just not fair, the way this person is treating me or the way that I have been mis, uh, mis, uh, misunderstood or, or perhaps even criticized by or the, the suffering that we think is suffering as Americans. Hey, God keeps score and God is more than able to deal with those that might uh, take advantage of. I think a, a great example of that is found in James chapter five. Remember in James chapter five, we have a situation where some landowners are taking advantage of their workers and just uh, cheating them out of their wages. And in the context of those people being cheated, the Lord says, be patient therefore brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. So what does God tell us to do? He tells us, hey, just wait. Trust me. You know, the, the husbandman waiteth for the early and latter rain. Hey, even farmers understand their seasonality to when crops grow. Uh, their seasonality to when things are cared for. And please understand in your life, there is a seasonality to the way God deals with things. He doesn't always deal with things in the expeditious way that you and I think he should. Uh, but God is righteous and God always deals with things according to his standards and by his timetable. And Obadiah is a great reminder of that. We're in verse number four where Specifically, through Obadiah, God gives this prophecy against Edom. He says in verse 4, Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, you can't be more exalted than an eagle soaring on high. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, though thou set thy nest among the stars. What hyperbole. 
In other words, you think that you're in the most unreachable place imaginable. Who can attack an eagle whose nest is on the top of a mountain? Well, watch what the Bible says. Though that be true, thence, in other words, from that very place, will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. No, sometimes in our pride, we think that our position is impregnable. Edom felt as if she had a position where nobody can get me. Nobody can get to me. Uh, I'm safe. I'm secure. I can take care of myself. And what the Lord is saying is you can never escape my hand of judgment. You can never run away. You, you can run, but you can't hide. Jonah learned that, didn't he? Hey, Adam and Eve learned that. Where art thou, Adam? God knew where they were. We think that we can run from God. We think that we can find safety in our carnality, but none of that is true. And God is using Edom as a great example that the best thing to do uh, is to humble ourselves. The best thing to do is to take the low place because when we take the high place of pride and hiding our sin and acting as if a judgment will never come, really we're just putting ourselves in a position where we can be brought down brought down and God will always bring down the proud. We learned that last uh, episode. Look at verse number five. Uh, Two examples the Lord uses here. Verse number five, if thieves came to thee, if robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers come to thee, Would they not leave some grapes? How were the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? In other words, just as a thief would come to a home and wouldn't be satisfied until he took everything valuable, but even a thief or a robber might leave some things behind, or a grape gatherer. If I'm gathering grapes to... uh, to make wine or whatever the grapes are going to be used for. I'm not going to leave good grapes on the vine. I'm going to take all that I can see. But even a grape gatherer might miss something by human error. But what the Lord is saying is when I judge, when I deal with a situation, I'm going to leave nothing unturned. Uh, Like uh, a robber and like a grape gatherer that come in with a purpose to deal with uh, the situation, so I will. But I will not make human error, says the Lord. I will deal with you thoroughly, Edom. Isn't that what he says there in verse number six? How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? And just like a robber is going to look through every uh, drawer in the chest of drawers, just like he's going to look under the pillow and under the mattress and all the hiding places where people might put their valuables So God is going to go to every crack and crevice. He's going to search you out, Esau, just like a grape gatherer is going to not only pick the grapes that are presenting themselves on the very outside of the vine, but he's going to look underneath and down low and find every one of those uh, luscious grapes. So God says, I'm going to search out, O Esau. See, God knows not only what we do, the things that are obvious to other people, the actions of our life, Uh, the way that we comport ourselves publicly. But the Lord also knows the way that we behave privately. He knows the things that we do in, in our secret places that nobody else knows. But even beyond that, He knows not only the public actions and the private actions, but then He knows the private motives, doesn't He? 
He knows the why. He knows every crack and crevice of our heart motive, of what's in the, the chambers of our imagery, as Ezekiel described. He knows those, those inner thoughts and intents. That's why the Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow. I love this part. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents, why I do something, the thoughts and intents, we would say today motivations, the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, one of the powerful things about the Bible is that God's word shows us things about ourselves that we would not and could not otherwise know. It reveals us. It's like that mirror into which we look and see things about ourselves that we perhaps would not have otherwise have seen. So uh, Esau, I'm going to deal with this. Edom, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to search you out. Well, what a, what a sobering uh, prophecy this is. Look at verse number seven. All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. Now what's this about? Well, we see already that God said, hey Esau, hey Edom, your hiding place is not gonna be good enough. Well, I'm gonna search you out. But now he says, and your political alliances are not good enough. You've attached yourself to the strength of the Philistines. You've attached yourself to the strength of the Arabians. You've attached yourself to the strength of the Ammonites and the, the Moabites. These are all neighboring nations with whom Edom had attacked and taken advantage of God's people. And it seemed like when they did it, they did it with impunity, like nothing bad happened. And God said, I've been keeping score. And all of these alliances that you think made you so strong and all of these political friendships that you think have made you so untouchable, uh, they're going to turn on you. And you're going to learn that uh, there is no reason you should have trusted them. And you're going to find that these people that, that were willing to be treacherous toward my people are willing to be treacherous toward you. And isn't that the way that sin always works? Uh, we think that we can uh, make these alliances with uh, critical people. We think we can make these alliances with uh, evil people uh, because we have a common enemy. But please understand this. There is no honor among thieves. Uh, think about just gossip alone. People that will, that will say something to you about someone else will say something to someone else about you. Said there, there is no honor in that. And what, what Edom was going to learn from the Lord in a hard way is, yeah, you can make these alliances and go to war against Israel and take advantage of her, of Judah, and take advantage of her, but you're not going to get away with it. And one of the, one of the things you're going to see is that all of these alliances were tenuous at best. Look at one last verse just for sake of time. Verse number eight, uh, God says, Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, even destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the Mount of Esau? And thy mighty man, a man, O Timon, Timon was a famous city in, in Edom, shall be dismayed 
to the end that every one of the Mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. So what's the Lord saying? The Lord's saying, listen, your hiding place is not good enough. Your alliances are not strong enough. And then in this last illustration, he said, and your wise men aren't smart enough. Edom was known for its philosophers. Edom, especially Timon, was known for its wise men, ones that would make good, sound, common sense decisions. People would come from all around that area to hear the wisdom of these men. And God says, you're not nearly as strong as you think you are. You're not nearly as well-connected as you think you are. You're not nearly as smart as you think you are. When you take up arms against my children, said God, you're gonna find out that your wisdom is actually foolishness. You're gonna find out that your political alliances are actually going to disintegrate. You're gonna find out that your hiding place is not good enough. I will find you there and I will bring you down. Well, these are, these are sober words, aren't they? A words of warning to say the best thing that we can do when we have stepped in an evil way is to seek for God's mercy, to seek for God's grace, to come in humility and repentance. Not like Edom, who thought erroneously, hey, no one can touch us. We're so smart, we're so strong, we're so connected. And God had to prophesy through this simple prophet named Obadiah, the worshiper of Jehovah, hey, things are not what you think they are. Judgment is coming. So I hope that helps today. I hope we've made a couple personal applications. Looking forward to jumping back in uh, our next episode. So I hope you'll join us as we jump into verse number 10. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.